the highest point someone reaches when they move or appear to move around something. Yes, that's the definition of her name. And the funny thing is, she made her name a reality. First woman to cross Pakistan on motorcycle, host of a travel show broadcast on Discover Pakistan TV, brand ambassador and influencer to inspire young girls to pursue their dreams. Look directly above you, she's already at the top of the motorcycle world. Behind the end of bars, there is always a story, and our story today is that of an inspiring and shining woman rider, Zenit Irfan. Zenit, welcome to Beyond the End of Bars, the podcast where I talk with inspiring people from around the world who live for motorcycling, and it's a pleasure to have you on this podcast. Thank you so much for having me, and uh, it's always a pleasure to share my story from Pakistan to your viewers in France and to every, anyone who's listening to you. Yeah, I think it's really important to to know your story about what happened in Pakistan when you ride on a motorcycle. What is the yeah. the way you ride in this country, and how do you feel as a woman to ride a motorcycle, uh, not just inside Pakistan but also uh, all around the world? So I think your story is really inspiring because you you um, you did many things to to enter this motorcycle world you did a lot and you want to share also your background for all these inspiring all these uh, women riders who want to join this community so i think it's really important to to know your uh, your story and the first question uh, i wanted to ask you is the question that no one escapes which motorcycle do you ride <laughs> okay so this question is, is so difficult for me to answer this because everyone's going to judge me yeah. because I ride a very small bike my okay. I have four motorcycles okay. and two of them are a Suzuki 150cc motorcycle so it's not like an adventure bike this bike was designed for city rides Okay. But in Pakistan, we have a very regressive motorcycle market, meaning we don't ha we do have good bikes, but they're so expensive and very, very difficult to own. So we kind of like resort to having city bikes and we use these city bikes on the mountains. Okay. So I have uh, two Suzuki GS150 and I recently, just two years ago, bought a Chinese motorcycle. It's called a Nifan KPM 200. Yes, I agree. It's a that. very good bike, but then again, it's like a city bike. It's not for adventure. Okay. So we are doing, we are asking the motorcycle to do a lot for us. Okay. So, small bike. so you have three motorcycles for your daily routine? And the fourth, or... Yeah. And the fourth one was my first bike. You know, the first bike that I learned on was a small 70cc city okay. bike, you know, a uh -huh. smaller one. So in total, I have four at the moment. Which one do you prefer? Of course, I prefer the Suzuki GS150 because mm -hmm. you can modify that motorcycle into an adventure one. You can install the frame for your boxes. You can install fog lights so that you have better vision when you're riding. The, the Leafcon KPM uh, 200 that I have right now, it's mostly for shoots because I am working as a motorcycle influencer. So I use that bike when someone calls me for a brand event, when mm -hmm. somebody's asking me, like, can we film you? Because that bike looks very beautiful on screen. It's a very good bike. Their engine has actually won 14 rallies in Thailand and Vietnam. It's a very popular Thai bike. 
but it's not designed like the frame and the structure isn't designed for long term ride. It's okay. very uncomfortable because okay. the handlebars are low. low. Okay, so I prefer the one fifty. They are low and they are small too. Yeah, it's a compact bike. The one that I have on my display also right now, it's okay. the same bike, you know. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. And so, which one of this motorcycle do you use uh, for adventure? The, the Suzuki, Suzuki GS. The Suzuki GS. Yes. Okay, okay. And yeah. how long uh, have you have you this uh, these motorcycles? Uh, I think since I was seventeen, I'm twenty eight now, so eleven years. Okay. I think 11 years, I've been riding for 11 years now. I started very young, when okay. I was 16, 17, yeah. Uh, okay, so so my, my second question is, what brought you to this motorcycle? What what, what is, are the reasons uh, why uh, to enter in this motorcycle world? One question, the answer is so long. Like I mean, but you, you can, you, you can answer like... with the long question, with the long answer. Yeah, okay, before... So before I start my story, I want every anyone who's listening to me to understand Pakistan first because yeah. I don't live in a European country. I live in a Muslim country. I live in a country that has its history with, you know, gender inequality. And of course, Pakistan has been subjected to a lot of misinformation in media. People think when they think about Pakistan, firstly, they don't know where it is in the, on the map. <laughs> and then the second thing is, That's right. all they think about is, you know, the Taliban, the Afghans here, mm -hmm. and, you know, they have this image of Pakistan. But firstly, before I answer, I wasn't born in Pakistan. So I was born in UAE. I was raised in the Middle East, in Sharjah. Mm -hmm. And because I was born in an Arab country, um, for me, coming back to Pakistan, to my own home, I shifted here around 13 years ago when I was about to start college. Because the education system over there wasn't enough for all of us. So my mom decided to come over here. So for me also as a Pakistani, I was in a shock because I would I would speak English. I didn't know my own language, Urdu. I still don't know it. People make fun of me when I talk. So, you know, I didn't know how to write my own name in my own language. So for me, it was, I had to start from zero. So because I came from Middle East where I had Indian friends, I had friends from Kenya, I had friends from all across the world. For me to just be with Pakistani were, was like very difficult. Like I'll be honest with you. So the first thing I noticed over here was there's a lot of problem when it comes to commute. When it comes to traveling from one point to another because we did not have proper bus networks, train networks. We did not have Uber. We did not have a lot of facilities. Mm -hmm. And I'm speaking um, about, this is like, 13, 14 years ago. So it's like around 2009, 10, around that time. And one of the biggest challenges that I faced was going to school. Like for me, just going to school was like a big problem because the the people over here that would take me, the van, the school van we had, it was very expensive and, you know, it wasn't very feasible. Also, we had that tuk-tuk rickshaws that you often see, you know, that, that they um, used to charge a lot. So... My uncle actually proposed to my mom that why don't you uh, buy a small bike like the mm -hmm. 70cc and you just ask my brother, my brother's name is Sultan, to teach her how to ride. And you're like, you know, you just just teach so then you, they can commute easily. And so my mother was like, that's an amazing idea. And then my mom told Sultan, you know, like, like you know, we should teach her how to ride a bike. So I was around 16 years old at that time and I started learning. 
in a this is not recommended of course because there were not many learning institutes here in europe mm-hmm. you do have a proper place to learn but over mm-hmm. here we didn't have um like a proper structure where i could go and start learning so over here then uh, my brother taught me how to ride a motorcycle he first learned it from a neighbor and then he taught me and then he, we would go on these rides but before i started riding i always knew my father who passed away when i was um, 10 months of age i was very young and my mom was at that time pregnant with my brother so you know we yeah. we were raised without a father figure mm-hmm. i always knew that he had a dream of riding across the world on a bike okay so in the back of my mind that dream was there but these circumstances pushed me towards riding you know like the fact that there is not many, much commute the fact that we were struggling financially my mother was a is still a widow So you know, all of these factors pushed me towards my first motorcycle, which was the Honda Seventy. So I still remember when I was on that bike, I felt that this is where I belong. Like this is where I should be. This is my home, mm-hmm. and I knew immediately that I wanted to ride uh, even more. Like n- not like even riding for a few hours was not enough for me. I was addicted to it. Like immediately, I knew this is something for me. So I started going to college, and when I would go, this is why I was explaining how Pakistan is because there is not a single girl who rides bikes here. Like now they do, but back then there wasn't a single girl who would be riding a motorcycle. So everyone would stare at me, and they were like, "What's happening?" And they would be like, "It was so difficult for me." to actually see them staring at me i would okay. get nervous like oh my god am i doing something wrong because i couldn't understand pakistanis so i didn't realize that over here there's a stereotype when it comes to a woman being on a bike if you look at women sitting on a motorcycle you would see them sitting with their legs on the side you okay. would never see them sitting with like, their legs like in a parmesan way yeah yeah, yeah. okay mm-hmm. so you know it's like they're very like this they're okay. very prim and proper and then With me, I'm like riding a bike. <laughs> they were so shocked, you know. They were like, "Okay, what is this happening?" And I was the only girl in my university who would come on a bike, who would do stuff on a bike. So everyone was like, very, very. They were getting new to this in in this girl who rides the bike. I was known as a girl who rides the bike, you know. Mm-hmm. So in Pakistan, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not like it's illegal. It's just like it's not common. You know? Okay, people th- are like, oh, that's wow. my question. Uh, what was it forbidden? Yeah. Uh, to ride as a as a woman in the on the motorcycle. No, it's not forbidden. So, like in Iran, it's illegal for a okay. woman to ride, but okay. in Pakistan, it's allowed. But there's okay. no one riding. It's just okay. that no one rides, and even if someone is riding, they're not riding in public spaces. You know, like mm-hmm. they're not riding uh, a lot. So that's that was one thing that I faced. And then, of course, I went on my first trip, and then uh, everything. became viral you know that's another story so <laughs> but in the beginning stages this was this was what was happening i was learning how to ride i was going to university and getting used to people staring at me you know okay. that was that first thing yeah okay so thanks to the help of sultan your brother you, yeah my brother you sultan. learn how to ride and i i i had a question just before you you talk about the way uh, other pakistani Uh, staring at you and um, i'm asking if uh, your mother was okay that you ride motorcycle yeah. did did did, yes. did she feel like it was dangerous for you i mean of course she is a mother and she would be a bit scared and she would ask me to use 
my uh, you're like to wear a helmet and just all precautions when you're b- before riding but this is why i was explaining that because i was born and brought up in dubai my mother was born and brought up in dubai all of my uncles and my grandmother they all migrated to the uae in the 1950s so all of my my maternal side of the family the way they think is different as compared to someone who is born in pakistan we think differently because we are born in an environment that's diverse that's constantly changing but in pakistan the thinking can be slightly skewed towards certain um, taboo subjects like oh you're not supposed to talk about these things and women are not supposed to do these things so of course um i was lucky because you know my mom is very liberal minded and she doesn't mind me doing anything we i can talk about anything with her and she was the first person to encourage me to write she was the one who came up with the idea you should write i mean okay. so it was difficult for my friends to see that so yeah. the my my friends mothers mm-hmm. that when they saw that happening it was like oh that's so weird you know my friends would say to me and comment I, you're so lucky you have a mother that allows you to write you know that yeah. our parents are scared and even a boys would come up to me and tell me that i as a boy can't write because my mm-hmm. parents and my mother is so scared or my father doesn't allow me so i was lucky like that okay I that's was, what that's know. what my second question was it difficult to bond relationship between you you and all the friends or all the people in pakistan but i think it it was because uh, i think the way it was yeah the way they, they look at you the way they staring at you uh, make them feel maybe um like in so in a sort of uncomfort um because they cannot do what you you did at this time so it, it's it's a it uh, was it the the same uh, currently in your country uh, or was there an evolution since uh, many years yes so because i was riding bikes people started judging me so they were like oh she is a bad girl and she sleeps around <laughs> she smokes she does this and uh, of course i live in a muslim country so over mm-hmm. here smoking is prohibited sorry drinking is prohibited and you're not supposed to eat pork and you know all of those muslim traditions we of course follow that so they automatically assumed i was doing all the bad things okay. when on a day was right right motorcycle so for me to fit in that sort of society was difficult but what helped was uh, the fact that i okay so i'll explain to you i currently live in an area which is very liberal minded i don't live in an area where you would uh what people would stare at you and comment mm-hmm. there are some pockets in lahore and lahore is like the capital of punjab it's a very big city we have a population of 25 million it's a big big populated city so you know you can see that um there are different pockets so i live in you can see slightly elite slightly rich neighborhood mm-hmm. so over here of course nobody says anything and that actually helped me to start riding because over here the roads are empty and nobody stares at you or creates trouble so for me it was easy to ride in these areas it's paved it's beautiful it's nice but when i started riding i started noticing that despite the negativity and the judgments from public and online because as when i started riding i started posting about it online okay um there was another segment of society 
that were getting inspired by it. They were seeing this girl who was doing all of her things on her own. She's riding in the mountains. Mm -hmm. She's doing these trips and talking about Pakistan from her point of view and sharing stories that it inspired them. And in 2015, when I took my first trip to Khunjara Pass, which is this border pass that connects Pakistan to China, it is the second highest, uh, I think, border pass in the world. Okay. I, when I went there and I posted my story, it got viral. And after that, the government of Punjab, they took notice of me and they started the campaign called Women on Wheels. Okay. So I can say that I did create a revolution because... Mm -hmm. I can say that because when I when I posted those pictures online, everyone was started talking about it, including the government. They realized that this yeah. was a part of our um, economy or you can say society that was lacking. The fact that there is no proper commute system. And then they distributed 700 motorcycles to women and they wow. trained them under the Punjab traffic police over here. So when someone says to me, oh, you know, you created the revolution, I think I did have a part of it, like maybe a small part. Yeah. But I started the conversation. Like I started talking about, hey, you know, how easy would it be for a girl to go to her work or college if she knows how to ride a bike? It's cheap. The, it's, the bikes are fuel efficient. It's easy to go. And, you know, I think it can be unsafe. Yeah, but if she wears a helmet and she's properly geared up, it can be safe, you know. So that conversation started happening. So, yeah, I mean... You can say now we are we have come a way, a very you know like a very long road, and we have come way ahead now from what I was thinking because now girls are riding bikes in Pakistan. You know okay. they are. That's very inspiring because you you impacted yeah. all this country thanks to uh, the government who notice uh, your activity. Do, yeah. do, do you ride as a maybe a professional or do you work in the motorcycle world? Have the government noticed you at the moment? Yes, they awarded me. So after that campaign, the uh, government gave me an award for my recognition in tourism. So I got the Pride of Pakistan Award in 2021. Okay. They called me to Islamabad, which is the capital of Pakistan. Mm -hmm. And I went there and I was uh, awarded by the president and the uh, army chief okay. for my um contribution to tourism so i was this is a big award it's like a national award okay, alhamdulillah okay. that i got that and i was awarded that plus uh the, so you know it really you just need a spark you know you just need one spark one person who starts talking about something and you consistently talk about it in order to create change mm -hmm. it i i wouldn't say i created this change but i can say i ignited the conversation and other people who have the power were stakeholders they were the ones that that picked up that conversation and they created that change and yeah. pushed it further okay. so i guess now and after that um there are many rallies that happened recently the start of this year i was invited by pepsi pakistan mm -hmm. to lead a rally of 400 girls in karachi okay there are pictures online you know you can check that out so you can see now even brands I have started taking notice. Oh, okay. We need to uh, we need to be more inclusive. We need more women on wheels. You know, so brands have started noticing. The government is noticing. There are many initiatives now where they distribute bikes. They give you a bike. They train you. You can get a license now. You could get it before also, but not many people would show up 
So now I have a license. You can they teach you how to properly write. So yeah, the change okay. is happening. So so that, you you say that uh, I think the, the the spark, the reason why the government acts like this is about uh, to improve uh, gender equality. And uh, yes. my other question is uh, if if um, are there um, many women in this government to improve this gender equality? Because I think sometimes it's more about uh, the way women think about this condition, as this situation in your country, who act like this to improve yeah. that. Or I it... mean, there, there isn't... Okay, so I know one person that I can quote. He's, he's not a woman, of course, he's a guy. Okay. Uh, his name is Salman Sufi. Mm -hmm. He is someone who is very active when it comes to women's, uh, you know, when it comes to commute mm -hmm. for women in Pakistan. He is the one who goes up to public offices and he raises the question on what have been done for the road network system, what have been done for the infrastructure, for the safety of women, for the transport of women. His name is Salman Sufi and he is the one who created Women on Wheels campaign. This campaign was very famous in Pakistan. So, yes, we do have people that are working in this area. But of course, because Pakistan is a turbulent country, it's not a stable country. Even I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow in my own country. It's very unstable. Okay, what, do you, mean by unsta what do you mean by unstable? Like politically, ah, politically. Um, we are very unstable politically, economically. We were about to go default economically. Our economy was about to fall off because of the loans that we have had from uh, the IMF, the International Monetary Fund. And because we are so unstable politically and economically, uh, the government's priority isn't right now the commute for women. It, they're more concerned about other things like, oh, we have elections coming up. We have other problems that we have to cater to first. So... There are, there are few people, you can say angels like Salman Sufi, who kind of like talk about the the issues when it comes to transport. Because if you look at the, if, if, I, if I were to make a connection, it is very important for women to ride bikes. And then I'm going to explain how. It can also help Pakistan um, economically because so many women, around 51, if I'm not wrong, I can be wrong with my figures, percentage of women are out of jobs because they cannot go to work. Okay. Why they can't go to work is because they do not have a proper system where they can. It's too expensive. It's unsafe. Now imagine all of those women who have degrees and are qualified going to work and contributing to the economy. Imagine the um, influx of GDP we have. Imagine how much more money we can generate in Pakistan. We can't do that right now because so many women are, are out of work. Mm -hmm. Qualified women, trained women. So that's why people like Salman Sufi continue saying, you know, they, he keeps on telling others that we have to work for when it comes to commute. There are small steps being taken, but not aggressive steps. You know, like mm -hmm. people are like, okay, yeah, we'll do it. But it's not very, I mean, aggressive in it, yeah. I would say. Okay, so I think we, yeah. you can create a virtual circle where uh, all the women can yeah. uh, use um, a mobility like uh, like riding a motorcycle, riding a scooter, having a job, 
thanks to this uh, this mobility. And having a job can create economic opportunities for their families. Yeah, and, and can yeah, create yeah, yeah. and can create also more economic opportunities for the country. So, so yes, I think exactly. it's like like a virtual uh, like a cycle, uh, like a cycle. Yes. Yeah. There was oh, one thing I need to mention. There was this uh, the Punjab traffic police. They launched an app. So it's a safety app. Mm-hmm. So what happens if you're riding a bike? If a woman is riding a bike, she can, if she's on an accident, if, she, if she's in an accident, or if if someone is harassing her on the road, calling mm-hmm. out names, and she's feeling unsafe, she can call someone on the app. So I really like that, you know, because That's very we, useful. We need, because we you know, it's very useful. Personally, I have never been um like catcalled. I had been, but not so much out mm-hmm. on the road, but. Some women face that, you know, and I think they either the government did an amazing job over there that this this they incorporated technology and they're like, oh, you know, if you're in trouble, you can call us. These are the emergency numbers. This is what you have to do. So you know, like I said, the small steps are being taken. Yeah. Okay. And the the country of Pakistan made a lot for women, uh, especially for women who ride motorcycle, and so really um really interesting because in France you don't have this kind of um this kind of situation where you can have an app and you it as a tool to be safe because i think we have many apps to just uh call somebody if you feel in danger but th- there there is no uh an app just for women to yeah. feel super sure i think it's also because of the condition of the country because Environment, society, yes. that's why, you know, yeah, it's just because of that. Yeah, and it's really interesting because yeah. you can you can see this country, your country, Pakistan, to do, to be a great country who wants to improve this situation, who wants to improve the condition of women. And I think it's really important to, to see that and not to just uh, think about a dangerous Uh, country or because you you have a misunderstanding of this country because you don't go to this yeah, country yeah, yeah. and you know nothing about it so it's really really interesting yeah because um because of course i mean my country is very different to what the media shows you or yeah, somebody in the u.s and you might have seen from my pictures too i mean the people are amazing We have many languages, many cultures in Pakistan. We're just not um, Punjabi or Pakistani because we have many, many types of people in Pakistan mm-hmm. itself. I have experienced that. I one of the lucky Pakistanis who have been able to travel to so many places in Pakistan. Uh, and, you know, I have seen what Pakistan is for itself. And unfortunately, yes, we might have our problems, but at the end of the day, What makes us beautiful is our open-heartedness towards other people when they visit us, and the fact that we are very hospitable, and that's what I love about Pakistan is you know that they will give you everything, even yeah. if you're a stranger. I I yeah. bet a lot uh, about your hospitality, and I think it's something we missed. I think in France the the <laughs> the, the, yeah, the, the way of hospitality, but. It's it's my it's my opinion. It's my point of view. So if uh, some listener are not agree about my opinion, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I can understand. Yeah. And I, I have another question, uh, Zenit. What was your aspirations and inspirations 
in the motorcycle world when you begin your journey uh, as a motorcycle rider? Okay, so, you know, um, motorcycle riding for me is very spiritual because it's very emotional. It's not just riding a bike. Mm -hmm. For me, it's it holds a very, very deep and place in my heart because, like I told you earlier, I did not have a father figure. I don't know what it's like to have a father, you know. And this might be a bit uh, different for somebody listening to me to understand because I understand in the US and Europe, you move out of your parents' house when you're 18. Right. In Asia, in South Asian cultures, in India, in Punjab, in Pakistan, we don't do that. We live with our parents till we get married off. So, of course, we are very family-oriented. We are always like this. It is important for us to have both of our parents with us at all times till we get married. Like, we are one of those people. So, and I'm explaining this to make you aware of the dynamics. Mm -hmm. So, that's why when I didn't have that father figure, there was that gap in my life. And when I learned more about my father, I was very emotional. And there was this one thing in my mind, and that is about dreams. Because my father saw a dream. He wanted to do this, 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 but he couldn't do that. And I was like, so what if he passed away? Dreams don't die with that person. They mm -hmm. continue to live on. That's true. And this is that one thing that was in my mind. So this is the reason why I believe we are alive. It's because we have our dreams and we are here to fulfill them. If they are left unfulfilled, other someone else can make it, you know, make their own dream a reality from our dream or something like that you know mm -hmm. so i when the first time i went to this trip was in 2015 on 14th of august which is pakistan's national day independence day and when i went on this trip i had a i have a picture of my father like a passport size photograph on, in my wallet and whenever i would feel tired i would take it out and remind myself on why i'm doing this because I did not know how to ride in the mountains for long hours. Like I was only used to riding in the city. Riding in the mountains is very difficult and different. So it required a lot of stamina for me. I was crying. I was screaming. I was like exhausted. I wanted to give up many, many times. Mm -hmm. So, but I continued. I reminded myself that, you know, this is first I will explore Pakistan. Then I will explore the world for my father. So I was like, first I have to do this. I have to train myself. So I started on that journey and I was very scared because I didn't know how people will react to me. I don't know if I'm safe, I'm secure, what's going to happen. But like I told you, I was, I, I as a Pakistani was shocked to see the reaction I got from mm -hmm. other people. They were very hospitable. People, people in Pakistan, in some areas don't have anything to eat, but mm -hmm. they will somehow, when you visit their village, arrange something for you. They don't even have a place to sleep, but they will somehow ask you to sleep with them in that same room where maybe eight people will be sleeping. That is how open-hearted they are. They are the simplest of people. They might not even have much to give, but that's a lesson I learned that still they will give you everything. And that made me emotional because, you know, that's what motorcycle is about, the fact that I'm experiencing these things. And then girls from the village, when they see Another Pakistani girl, because it's different when a foreigner visits here. I've had a French woman, I've had US women visit Pakistan on bikes, I've had Italian women. But it's different when they see someone from their same skin color, speaking their language, from the same religion, 
riding a bike. So mm-hmm. the girls, they will just look at you and they're so young and they come up to you, they touch your bike, they touch you. So for them, it's a very, you're inspiring them. And I think that's the reason why I'm riding even till now okay. to see that reaction, you know, because... That's beautiful. Yeah. And I, I think that because there's this girl uh, know that if they um, they see you as a Pakistani who rides a motorcycle, yeah. uh, they can achieve their dream. They really can yes. achieve their dream. It's not just, uh, it's not just, yes, it's not just a European dream or American dream. It's really a dream they can a achieve. A Pakistani dream. Yeah, 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 a Pakistani, yeah. Pakistani dream. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I, true, I, true. I think you, 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 you have a good point about it because when you saw some, someone who shared the same culture, the same tradition, the same skin, And you you can see that in different way um, because you can see that it's real. It's really and you can do it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really inspiring for this for this woman who wants to to ride as a woman rider. I think it's, it's really beautiful. And the way you you thought about your father when uh, sometimes it it was difficult. It's really it's really beautiful because you, you can yeah. you can be in in a difficult. Uh, Um, situations when you just want to give up and just go back to your home and just uh, sometimes cry just because that's okay yeah <laughs> but you 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 made um you you made the these difficulties are the strength for you and it's really inspiring because this, some people can not understand why why Did you ride? Why do you ride? What's your mission uh, about all the, all of this um, motorcycling thing? And I think it's it's really yeah it's really beautiful for me. I I feel yeah good. <laughs> no because I think people think so what if you ride a bike oh, it's normal you know because they, yeah. I get that reaction also that, oh it's just a normal thing you're just riding a bike it's very normal. So maybe for them it's normal, but for me it changed my life. Yes. It changed the entire course of my career. I'm currently working as a full-time traveler, so mm-hmm. I travel for brands. I used to think I'll do a nine-to-five job, mm-hmm. I'll work in an office, but that didn't happen. You know, like the motorcycle chose me, and uh, Allah created ways for me to experience uh, different events and people. I think I'm very lucky. I'm one of the odd ones out. And uh, I don't know if you're aware, but there was a film also that was made on my life called Motorcycle Girl in Pakistan. Okay. It's like a proper film, a commercial film. And that's why they called me a Motorcycle Girl of Pakistan because wow. this director approached me when I was only 24. And he said that he wanted to make a film on my story. And the only reason I said yes was because I knew... If somebody is watching a film and you have films about romance, weddings and stupid things, you know, like it's the stories all bullshit, I'll be honest. <laughs> so, but you don't have stories of real life heroes. You don't have stories of Pakistani women doing something like in sports. So that's why I said, oh yeah, you know, I think you sh- you can make the film. Okay. So that film was made over here. It, re- it was released worldwide in some areas, of course, in Pakistan and Middle East. And uh, that film helped a lot of girls like I have I have girls reach out to me even now telling me they saw the film and they started riding like a bike said like they went on a trip somewhere okay. so do you so, do you think that was a trigger uh, for many women yes, riders? Yeah. Because, okay. 
you can use art you know like art medium like mm-hmm. for example because we are visual creatures human beings like to see things you know yeah. you see a good girl you're like oh you know she's cute of course because mm-hmm. they're seeing things right so visually we have it helps it creates even a, a more impact if something is created in a film form so when they saw the film it it really created a even more big bigger conversation like and the biggest shock for everyone was that we can't believe you can travel on a bike because we have this concept you can travel on planes on cars or vans but on a bike it's different it's mm-hmm. unique it's very alien to them so they were like i can't believe you can put all of your luggage in and you can just go i'm like yeah you can do that you know mm-hmm. you can stay on your bike you can live on your bike off your bike you know so that was another concept adventure traveling that happened and honestly every year thousands of bikers go now to north like so many every year i'm seeing like an increase in number so you can see the change you can witness it okay you, you had a really big impact on your country that's that's amazing i think i did maybe i don't know i you, you I don't feel I, I don't know if you real that realize it but you you, you made it i don't realize it. no you don't, don't realize it. people see that to me but i don't realize it yeah but I, i don't think that we can say the same uh if if uh, we are women uh in france because i don't think that particularly a woman just one woman can change the country at this point It is because you 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 not just change the mentality about riding as a model as a yeah. woman, but you also change the way women can um, achieve their dreams and the way they can create economic opportunity yes. thanks to motorcycle. So it's it's a real big impact if you if you can see the big picture. As as we we talked just yeah. before, you you create yes, yes. A, a, a virtual circle. So I think it's really, really important to to understand that for the listeners that if we can just uh, tell about our story, and this is a this is a re- the main reason why I created this podcast because I think some people don't know that if we um, if we share our stories, we can create an impact, maybe just a small impact, but this small impact can create true, a bigger true, impact true, true. for others. That that's that's the the real meaning for me. Uh, to yeah. to ride motorcycle because you just don't ride just for riding as you said you ride because you want to share something you want to uh, just discover uh, many countries maybe or you just want to discover some people you don't know about and this is really important because you can create this small impact that can create a bigger impact when they share all this so this, for me it's really inspiring and I think For all those listeners uh, who will listen to this podcast, I think they can imagine this impact you create. Yeah, I hope so. I, I really do I hope think. so. <laughs> I think so. I, um, maybe because you create this impact, but you sometimes maybe uh, faced uh, some obstacles, some um, in your life as a as a woman rider. Uh, did you face many obstacles as a woman riders in your country or just as a motorcycler just in in this world? No, of course I faced so many challenges. Uh, firstly, the challenge itself is just riding in the mountains mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because the weather changes. 
So I had no idea on how to ride in the rain, how to ride in mud, how to ride in snow. You know, like you don't know these things. You can only know them when you try them. How did you, you can know only that? know these things. And I just learned by just going without okay. any, like honestly just going and by falling, picking myself back up, falling again, picking myself back, you know. Um, I have, I love this saying where they say that, you know, if you fall seven times, you have to pick yourself seven times and continue for the eighth time. You know, you have to continue falling. I think this is important for any rider mm -hmm. because this, when it comes to riding, firstly, it's very, very dangerous. It's one of the most dangerous ways to travel. I was reading online, it's the most dangerous way. Most deaths are through motorcycle accidents. Because of this, there's a fear in my in anyone's mind, in any rider's mind that, you know, I can, something can happen if I overspeed, if I take a wrong decision. So, of course, it is difficult. But I think what I did was most of my challenges came um, like mentally, you know, like mental challenge, like emotional challenges, you know. For example, um, maybe in my mind, I saw a water crossing, you know, and I'm like, I can't do that. It's very deep. But then I have to fight in my mind and I'm mm -hmm. like, no, I'll do it. So then I just go it. And even if I fall, so what? It doesn't matter. You know, I just, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. So that's how I conquer my fears when I'm riding. And then there is this other challenge. And that's some people who comment, you know, on my Facebook or Instagram, they will say something like, you're like an insult to Muslim women. You, it's not allowed in Islam or, you know, um, you're trying to act like a man. I okay, don't know so it's about you know. religion or cultural. It is, but so in religion, in my religion, of course, in Islam, you are allowed to ride, to ride bikes and do whatever mm -hmm. you like. You know, it's not restricted. Okay. So if for someone who doesn't know much about Islam, so I'll just let, let them know that you're allowed to do anything you like. Of course, that shouldn't harm society. Mm -hmm. You know, it shouldn't be like something like violence. Of yes, course. of course. So yeah, of course, you... you a woman can do anything and there's no set rule. You can't do this, you can't do that. Back in the days during the Prophet Muhammad Wasallam, the one, uh, of course, our last messenger in Islam, there were women who were riding horses. You know, there were women who were going out on wars. So you can see from, if you go back to Islamic history, women were doing a lot. In fact, more than what they're doing now, you know. So that's why it's there's no such a restriction. There is a mixture of culture and religion. So when that happens, people start saying things. Okay. You know, there's an issue. There's I a understand. problem. Now you understand. Yeah, I, I understand because you they think know. that their their yeah. religion are the the only religion in this country. So they don't think that there is other uh, other yeah. way to 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 think about you know, their gods or about uh, their culture. So they think just in their uh, in one box on world. Like yeah. in one box. Yes. Yeah, they, they are not looking at other things because throughout their lives, specifically men in Pakistan, mostly they are told women can only be doctor, not engineer, but teacher. Okay. Very few roles, you know, like very office. Oh, yeah, fine. You know, you're a teacher, fine. But if somebody is into sports or maybe she's uh, into police, then they are women in the army. They're in the police. They're, they are Pakistani women doing so much, you know, in sports. Mm -hmm. So suddenly, because they have been told this narrative for so many years, they feel uncomfortable. They okay. feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, what's happening? That's why they don't know in their mind why is this happening. So maybe they think it's wrong. Mm -hmm. 
in in reality it's not wrong i'm not causing harm you know it's like this so i have to i went through that challenge of facing those comments also but then the only way i answered them by doing another right <laughs> by actually you know making them more jealous like the hell is gone another right don't worry so that's how i deal with it but it took time it it takes because i started writing when i was 17 so i was very young i was a young girl i was in my teen i was in my late teens and then of course in my early 20s i was going through my own um you know like you go through this this entire phase where you like maybe what i'm doing is wrong maybe they're right so you have to tell yourself that no that's not true and i have had amazing mentors and friends around my, my circle that reminded me of my true purpose and my true purpose of writing is to tell everyone my purpose is not that someone looks at my profile and says i want to start writing it's like someone looks at my profile and says that i also have a dream that i ignored for so many years and now i want to live that dream you know that's my mission i want to tell it's not important that you start writing maybe you wanted to be a painter and you never you never did it so you know now you can like because i did something you can too that's what my the main message is you know okay so so you not just only inspire uh, people who wants to write but just inspire other people who want just to pursue their dreams it's just dreams yeah yeah okay it's really interesting and i think do you think that um women in this in this world uh have some trouble to achieve their dreams because they uh they don't allow themselves to to achieve it to pursue the dream they want really and deep in their hearts or do you think it's just a common um a common reason for many many people just not just women but men also to have some trouble to achieve that dream do you think it's just about mindset do you think it's just about mentality or is it all of i think it is definitely about a mindset mentality i live in a patriarchal society mm-hmm. i don't live in an equal society mm-hmm. the men and women both over here think differently than maybe french men and women maybe the french woman might be more uh, open minded and she can do whatever she likes yeah. but in pakistan if you decide to do something you will have to face repercussions you will have to answer because over here there are there are a lot of, there's a lot of pressure on a woman firstly you have to get married okay. at this at this age i'm 28 i'm very late I go I go to weddings and the aunties are like you're so late for marriage you cannot marry anymore that's it because they link marriage to success in their oh. mind oh, okay. they think okay that's marriage is success for a girl okay. and then for a boy getting a good job is success so can you see the the problem we're having yeah. so if they see another girl who is choosing to ride and who is single and doesn't want to yeah. marry at the moment now it's difficult for them to understand it's yeah, uncomfortable you, you because like i am a, not following society yeah, yeah you Sorry? look you look like a failure for them yes because i am not following the society timeline mm-hmm, yeah. the timeline for pakistani society is you go to college you graduate you get married you have kids by 24 25 or 6 okay. and you know like this and then you settle down i am at the opposite timeline <laughs> you know <laughs> So I'm like single and not never been married I'm I don't have children I'm riding bikes so for them there's a disequilibrium 
and that is why women do have that pressure but i am not going to lie and say every woman because there are so many women that i met in big cities that are pursuing their hobbies they are in ceos of small companies big companies i've come across women who are in the army and they are um, you know maybe in uh, education and they're in sports why my very good friend of mine is a squash player you know she plays for pakistan another friend of mine plays cricket for pakistan so can you see there are certain role models in pakistan that are there and our focus should be on them not on other people mm-hmm. and those girls that feel that they can't do something because you know they have to follow society can look up to them because they are from the same society yes. i am from the same society mm-hmm. so you can do that and for men you know i think men in pakistan are are um, told by their mothers and generation like i said earlier on how a, a proper woman should be so you know i mean i can i can give you two answers one is negative and one is positive the negative one would be yeah they are hypocrites because then most mostly men they would want to have fun with a girl you know i'm just talking about the mentality and then only marry a virgin can you see mm-hmm. they're like that yeah and then at the same time because they'll follow their mothers at the same time the men that i came across during my rides have been extremely supportive and helpful they have helped me in riding buying gear they helped me find places to live so there are two types of people that i come across you know one are maybe they are they, they might talk behind my back they might be very good in front of me supportive and talk behind my back but then there are genuine men out there who have helped me my male friends they are pakistani who know and understand what i'm doing so and people that i meet uh, maybe he's a villager you know from a farm but his mind might be even more open than a guy in the city mm-hmm. so speak yeah. and experience that yeah in pakistan yeah Be- because it depends also on the way you was raised uh in your society because i think it's the same not at the same size but in france you can have also these two kind of mentality one which is uh, the the good mentality for for me uh, as the the yeah. as other men who just want to support their um, their friends their women friends or their their girlfriends to ride motorcycle to just do what they want to do and there there is also the other side <laughs> Uh, which is yeah. uh, more male dominance who just want to do what they want but don't want to that their wom- that their woman friends or that their girlfriends uh, do what they want so it's really yeah. difficult to to find a balance between this size because i think it just the way the way we was raised who um, made us and Sometimes it for the good, but sometimes for the bad. So I think it, yeah, you exactly. just have to find this balance. And I think I hope uh, maybe in next years we would you we are going to be more inclusive, more in the um, in the equality way for women and men, and not just to want to have some kind of patriarchal. Um, mm, Not, um, not leading, but I think it's like this kind of feeling I, I, I thought about because I think it's 
sometimes you want just to uh you 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 feel like you're in a patriarchal country or patriarchal world where men can do anything and women cannot do anything so it's really it's really difficult mm-hmm. and i think it's i think it it's the reason why i have uh, so many women writers who want to share the story on this podcast mm-hmm. and not so many uh, men on this podcast because i think it's it's like something new uh, for them to to share the stories to share their thoughts about what they feel about these conditions and it's really important for me to to understand and to listen to them to understand that the world is not often really good and sometimes there are some bad but, situations um, how many women uh, how many women ride in france like how many how many or oh, i can i can say the the figures I th- like a lot a few or like ah, a, a lot now now a lot since since many years i think since maybe five between five or ten years we have many more, more women writers yeah. but they are uh always um more men writers than women writers yeah yeah but i, I, I think still, it's like a, it's like a trend I think it's yeah, so, all across the world they, it's more men than women still even now and there yeah. I think 25 to 20% uh, riders are women. Okay. So that's a whole 80% of of the riders are men. That's what I was uh, reading online I remember once. Okay. I don't know what the stats are now so it's still um because I have a friend she's very famous her name is Rosie Gabriel she's a Canadian rider. Okay. She married a Pakistani who was actually my friend. Actually, I introduced them, <laughs> and you know they got That's married funny. off. She told me in in Canada mm-hmm. there are not many women who ride bikes. So I was shocked because I used to think it's in Pakistan, but then I realized when I met female riders from other countries, it's still sort of male dominated. You know, mm-hmm. it's still yeah. that. You know, it's still yeah. so. I mean, it and I was shocked. I was like, really. I thought it's only here. She's like, no, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's everywhere, and it's it's not on the at the same size, but it's everywhere. And I I told I talk with the with the women riders who um, who are French, who are the a champion in a in a track race, and she told me that in China because she lived uh, for five years in China, there are not women who ride a motorcycle in. No, no, no women uh, in China who, who ride a motorcycle. It's really, really rare. I think she she told me that she didn't see any woman uh, who rides a motorcycle during these five years. So it's really, really shocking for for me. But uh, I think it's we can. Shocking for me too. Yeah, yeah but, but I, I think we. Can, but there are there are many reasons in China because uh, uh, the. The motorcycles are really expensive for many people in China. Yeah. So you are you have just the uh, the enthusiast motorcycle riders who ride sometimes a little bit some, uh, but there are not um, many riders, male or female. But for female, there are yeah, a- I got it. So so I think yes, you we can have a greater impact. For the years, uh, but I think you—it's just—you just, you just uh, have to be patient, and I think it takes time to to improve the situation. Yes. But it's on the good 
uh, on the good way. Yes, of course. It takes time, but yeah. you just have to take the first step. Yeah, yes, yes. Completely, completely. And so I, I have another question. Um, what, uh, what do you want to share from your experiences? What do you want to share uh, since you began to ride uh, as a motorcycle, as a woman motor uh, riders? And uh, what do you want to share from your um, job experiences? Because we didn't uh, go deep into all your story but you you made uh, tv shows uh yeah to inspire other women can you just before you you ask this question can you uh share me uh what did you do on this uh travel show broadcast okay so uh i was when i was riding bikes i was studying for my degree in marketing and finance mm -hmm. from uh, a big university in Lahore called Lahore School of Economics. When I was studying, I took my first trip to the north for 20 days. I was traveling on my bike and that time the bike I borrowed from someone was a Honda CG125. It's a small city bike again. But I had my brother with me who he was on, on another bike. I was on another bike. I had a few friends. I joined, uh, um, they joined me and we went on this trip. So when I came back, I opened up my page. It's, it used to be called Zenith and Fun, One Girl, Two Wheels. Now it's just Zenith and Fun. And on that page, I started posting my pictures and my journey online. And I'm speaking about 2015. When I started posting about them, like I told you earlier, uh, it got viral. Our news publication caught uh, attention of my page and they posted my story online. It got viral. And after that, BBC, CNN and other big news companies um, realized that there was a girl who was riding bikes and they made um, news about me and during that period when I was studying I got a job offer from a company called Nishat Linen. This company is one of Pakistan's biggest fabric company. It's, its slogan is Fabric of Pakistan. It is a clothing company. They make clothes for women. So they called me and they were like we want you to be a part of our campaign and I told them I am not a model. I am overweight. I am a stand. And, you know, models are like very slim and mm. I don't fit the profile of a model. But they said to me, they come for a meeting. So I, I went to the meeting and um, I had zero idea about styling, about how to do my hair. I still don't know much of it. <laughs> but of course, when I went there, they told me this campaign is about real women of Pakistan. So we want, since you ride bikes, we want to pay you money and you just do what you do and you study. And I'm like, that's like a dream offer, you know, like it's a dream. And you don't even, even need to be coming to the office nine to five. We will tell you when to come, where to come for a few uh, days, maybe for a campaign, like maybe somewhere outside the country. I was like, wow, that's like a big thing for me, you know. So then they said that we will sponsor your tours. Whenever you take your next motorcycle tour, tell us how much it's going to cost. We'll pay you money. I was yes. honestly shocked because I wasn't expecting. I was doing my degree in marketing. I used to think I'll be just a marketing person, you know, just doing and sitting in a in an office. So then they sponsored my second trip to Khyber Pakhtokha, which is like this uh, area. It's a province in Pakistan. Okay. And then I told them I would like to go here. They paid me money for it. And I just wore their clothes. They just told me, you wear our clothes and post pictures online. 
and then they took me to turkey and they took me to nepal and over, over there i was riding bikes for them you know i can ride a bike on my license i think there is a policy you can ride on a paksari license and then um i, I was experiencing this different uh, terrains over there and they were filming me for their ads you know and from that company after that other companies saw that they i have hired zenith you know like she is part of the campaign so then other companies approached me and since then it's non stop so basically i graduated from my degree and i applied that degree to myself i marketed myself basically okay. you know so i'm in this industry of influencer marketing okay you know how influencers work mm-hmm. so at the moment i am the brand ambassador for panther tires it's a pakistani tire company so they ask me also to travel and we will pay you and we'll pay you for your video and because my brother is a filmmaker i was lucky because he films me writing and we make stories together so we have a company now like we we both work together and that's how we sell our films and we make videos travel videos so um and then during this period i was approached by a tv uh, channel they was they were the first tourism channel in pakistan because we have national geographic we have mm-hmm. discovery tv but we never had a pakistani tourism channel and they wanted to do a bike show where a girl is traveling across pakistan and talking about the culture and my profile fit really well for them so i worked one year with them the only they asked me to renew the contract for the second year but the only reason i said no was which was a huge decision in my career because anybody would want to have a job like that where you get paid monthly and you're traveling across pakistan but i found that it was underpaid there was a lot of effort i had to like travel a lot it wasn't giving me a lot of happiness anymore because when you didn't have to be in front of the camera with your bike 16 hours a day you know mm-hmm. it's, it will exhaust you yeah. and then somewhere along the line your passion becomes a burden Mm-hmm. so when i saw that and then i also noticed that i did not have a lot of creative say when i make a film about pakistan or a film about traveling i want to have my say in it i want to edit it i want to do the voice over i want to tell my story but for the tv it was very scripted like you will just yeah. do this 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 so it's completely it different format. yeah I learned a lot from it because I was able to understand how to do a production, how to create stories, how to talk in front of the public with 60 people looking at you. I was able to do that. I learned a lot from it, but I th- I thought told myself I think one year is enough. I think if I do another year, it will I will have a burnout. Mm-hmm. I was able to identify the problems. So I was like, "Oh, I think one year is enough." I will do my own YouTube. I still haven't properly done my YouTube, but then I got more more job. You know, like more brands approached me. Like I told you, Pepsi. So now this has it started from a story of me riding, and now it's a proper career. So that's how I got the TV show and other jobs that I'm doing. Okay, okay. Yeah. And all the this uh, this series, this TV shows, and this then the movie you you, you yeah. did. Uh, are available uh, in uh, in France, maybe. Sorry. Do you do you think we can uh, we can see this TV show in France? Yes, we can. You can. There okay. there are articles written on me by French publications. Okay. Um, I can share this documentary in the French language. Mm-hmm. I had a team visit me from France. Okay. They made a documentary on me. You guys can watch it in your language. Perfect. My story. Okay. And of course, you can. I think. 
um, you will be able to. But the subtitles will be English. I don't think there'll be French. It's not a problem. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I'll share the link with you. I'll share okay. you my links. Perfect. So yeah, you can. Perfect. Thank you. And so my my last question uh, is: What do you want to share from all these experiences? Not just for women who wants to ride motorcycle, but just for yeah. people who want to pursue their dreams. What do you want to to tell them? I want to say one thing that you know, like um, because me, uh, I I was of course uh, raised in Middle East. Now I'm here in Pakistan society. So even in France, I'm sure there is a lot of pressure to work. There's a lot oh, yeah. of pressure to earn better, have a better lifestyle, and people are burned out, and they are like right. working so many hours a day. You know, I understand that. So during all of this process, we sometimes ignore the voice in our hearts. We ignore our skills, our talents, and we are just like, no, we just have to work. That's all. We just have to work and, and that's all we have to do. I think my message is to not silence that voice in your heart, to listen to it and pay attention to it. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we all are going to die. And uh, what will you do with all the hours that you have worked? I understand that there are bills to be paid, but... One should be in a balance. I think we can uh, fuel our dreams if if we recognize that voice in our hearts. And this goes for both genders. So if you can take a small step today, and maybe you can take out an hour from your busy schedule and really focus on what you really want from life and your dreams, then you will know your second step eventually. And that's what I want. That I want people to die with memories, good Uh, memories and not just regret mm-hmm. you know I just don't want anyone to pass away with regret that I wish I could have gone on that motorcycle trip or I wish that I could have um, maybe painted or sing you know or danced so because as humans what makes us really human are, is not the job that we do but our dreams like mm-hmm. it makes us the it gives us the purpose and hope to live So this goes for any nationality, any religion, anyone, not only Pakistani, but anyone. I think what connects all of us, like maybe you are sitting over there, you you have French blood, I have Pakistani blood, but what might connect us both is the fact that, you know, the color of our blood is same, firstly, and we have dreams. Like mm-hmm. I think all of us, humanity is connected by this. So it's very powerful. It's a powerful tool. If you you if you know how to use it, so I think that will be my message. Uh, I, I, I agree at one hundred percent. So it's really it's, it's really beautiful and it's really true uh, to to have this yes this this dream and we want sometimes yes to just to work but sometimes you you don't um, realize why you work and what the point of all of this. And yeah, sometimes exactly. you just have to go back and just think about your not just maybe your mission, but your your dream. Just if you want just to to buy your motorcycle like like me, and you work hard to pursue the dream to achieve it, it's okay. But if you work just for nothing, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. I think you, sometimes maybe more in the European country where um, mondialization, I think, uh, changed the way we worked 
because we want we always want to do things faster we always want to do yeah exactly like it's a race yes it's like yeah it's like a race but with without uh the finish line and and it's really weird because sometimes you many people i met in my life just work but doesn't uh, but they don't know why they work and sometimes they work and they don't feel great and i think they just feel bad in their work because they just find their place they just find why they they work why why they did that and i think it's it's really important just sometimes to just ask questions about ourselves and think about why we do that because i think it will change many things i i i i I, I passed a burnout um, three or four years ago and at this time i completely understand why uh why why i I did this burnout why i i had this burnout and how i can uh pass through this burnout to make me feel better and this is just because i don't pursue my dream it's just about that yes yes exactly so now you know and the bikes help and no, the, the, the bikes end, but yeah. a few years after. But uh, yes, yes. Now I, I completely, I'm, I'm. I think I, I achieved my dreams this years to have my first really big motorcycles, um, to to pass my CBT module one, module two, and I think it's for me. It's, it's yes. It's, it's like I achieved something, and I know that next year then. Maybe the years after, I want to pursue other dreams thanks to motorcycle, because this is this is why yeah. I, what I want. But maybe my neighbor don't doesn't want to to ride a motorcycle, but they just want to live a life they he wants. So I think it's it's really important just to yeah just to pursue the dream that you said. Exactly, and that is my like message to everyone. From this podcast, also whoever is listening. Yeah, I, I understand. And what's your your next dreams? Zenit? what's your next dreams? What's your next yeah, goals? I am well. Uh, right now, I'm working with this company, the tire company that I was mentioning. So, mm-hmm. of course, I have a contract with them. So, I have to travel to a few places in Pakistan to make the travel film. But after that, of course, I am planning to uh, get out of the country because uh, I'll be honest with you, economically, it's very unstable. Mm-hmm. And uh, right now, it's not helping me grow because at some point, you feel stuck. At this point in my life, I feel stuck in Pakistan. So I will look for other opportunities where I can ride and maybe even um, create a bigger you know, message or do something like that. So I'm working on that. So I'm not sure to... what's going to happen, but I have a rough idea. Okay, so you want to ride just you just you just want to ride abroad, or you want to live abroad? I want to ride abroad, but what has happened is it's difficult for me at the moment to ride from border to border okay. because of the current situation. Mm-hmm. So, like uh, security wise, also, so it's easier for me to fly somewhere and ride, okay. like then just cross. Otherwise, my ultimate dream is to ride through Iran, you know, like the border, the Tafstan border yeah. that uh, touches Pakistan, that that's the proper way you go to Iran, then you enter Turkey. But the prop, it's not a problem, but the challenge is 
right now is to get a sponsor so then i can fund it and then maybe i can make a travel sale and then do it so that was my ultimate not ultimate but one of my goals to do and i have a rough idea in my mind that i want to do this this, this but i'm not sure about the timeline i'm just working towards it inshallah okay. let's see okay so i i wish you that all your dreams will be achieved thank you so much thank <laughs> you It's it's been a pleasure to discuss with you to to no about uh, to make my day. I think it's really inspiring for me as the as the European to hear about what's happened in the yeah. other side of the world. And I think it's it, it will ignite uh, the day of others. So um, just one thing uh, for the listener: if you've been passionate about what we're talking about in this episode, share all your motorcycle love to Zenit on any social networks. And also subscribe to the podcast because we always writing for a story and the next story could be you. So then see you soon, perhaps on the road. Maybe if you want to yeah, come yeah, to France or maybe me, if I want to, to ride uh, to, to Pakistan. Pakistan. Yeah, yeah that, that will be a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me again. I hope you have a good day. Yeah, thank you. You too.